Hi, this is Heidi McDonald uh, for Publishers Weekly's More to Come, and uh, we're still here at Comic-Con. It's day one. We survived preview night and uh, are more or less intact. So here I am with uh, Grant Morrison, a man who needs no introduction, but uh, in case you don't know, he's one of the greatest comics writers of all times, and he has a new project with Humble Bundle. Uh, Grant, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we were just... Uh, yeah, weren't we just here like five minutes ago? Yeah, and it was 1990 then? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, pretty much, yeah. Um, but, you know, we have been coming to Comic-Con and seeing each other mm-hmm. here for years, a number of years we won't even mention. But uh, you yeah. are doing this book, and this is your first digital comic. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, so tell us, what, what is it? What, is the, what drew you to to this project. Uh, it's Aver, uh, Avatar no, X. Avatar X, yes. yes. And it's a follow-up to 18 Days, it's correct? In, in, a, in a, a, a sense, you know, this is obviously, a re- 18 Days was a, a kind of retelling, an updating or a science fictionization of the Mahabharata, the, the great Indian epic. And this takes a lot of the themes and ideas from that epic and kind of puts them into squarely into the modern world of mm-hmm. developing India now. So that one's the mythic version, and this is kind of what happens when you bring the mythic down into the, mm-hmm. the, the meat and blood and mud uh-huh. of real life, and how they, they combine, which, as you know, is a, a, a theme yeah. that's fascinated me forever. Right. Now, is this, this will be um, part of the, the bundle. Is the bundle yeah. available today, right? The bundle is available Right. Today, Just yeah. went live, so yeah, you can yeah. go. Uh, you'll be hearing this tomorrow. Uh, well, when you hear it, it's today. But anyway, you can go right to humblebundle.com, <laughs> and you can buy this right now. And it operates, in case you're not familiar, on a pay-what-you-want basis. Um, but if you pay $15, you get a lot more of your work on this, right? Yeah, There's yeah. all sorts of comics by you and, and other folks available yeah, on this. And then obviously the main thing about it, which is what interested me, is that it actually helps people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can choose charities. You can, and particularly the ones we are dealing with are uh, the... the Doctors, doctors without borders. So I always forget the names of everyone. I know who I'm with. Yeah. Doctors without borders, and uh, yeah, we're sitting in a cathedral. In case you can't tell, by the way. So yeah, the, the echoing room here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Doctors Without Borders is actually a really wonderful uh, charity that I know. Humble Bundle. World reader, world reader. I've got it. <laughs> I just got up. <laughs> hey, listen. Well, the main thing for me was, as I say, I mean, it's, it was the way it, something we could do a superhero comic for a different kind of market mm-hmm. for a different audience that would do something useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, for me, it came about when I, was at, when I did that Superman page where Superman saves the kid on the, mm-hmm. the roof, and we actually got letters from real people saying, this stopped me committing suicide. And I suddenly oh, wow. thought, well, there's actual worth to this. There's yeah. possibilities here that we're not exploring. Yeah. So by, by doing this, I think we're actually we're, we're helping young girls in mm-hmm. India achieve literacy, we're helping, you know, mm-hmm. education, getting people out of poverty. And it seems like if there's going to be superheroes at all, they might as well do something useful. Right, right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's so amazing when you can actually, you know, affect people and do, do good things. And, and, you know, I mean, not to, we, we do talk to the Humble Bundle, Bundle folks a lot at PW, and, and, you know, they really do some really awesome stuff. Yeah. And um, No, have you, what... Um, You've been to India, right? Yeah, but a, a few times. A few t- when was yeah. the last time you were there? It's been a while now, I think. Yeah. Probably in the 90s. Oh, wow, now. okay. Because, I mean, even what you're saying, because I know that um, there's a lot more comics there, and, um, you know, some of the folks that you're involved with uh, on this project have been bringing, you know, comics, more traditional yeah, yeah. comics to India, and it's a really growing market there, apparently. Well, apparently it's a huge market. You know, I was yeah. just talking to the guys at CBR, and they're saying that their traffic is coming more and more. It's mm-hmm. now the... 
the, the fourth highest uh, <laughs> after America. You know, oh, yeah. so the, it's obviously and a, a culture that's really growing exponentially uh-huh. in India. Uh-huh. You know, the, the audiences are massive. You know, they're talking about on this one there's 550 million cell phones. You know, right. people under 25 wow. are buying into this stuff, and it seems it's an immense. It's an immense outlet for stories and ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were attracted to doing the Mahabharata, um, like, uh, you know, the, the Indian mythology, the Hindu mythology is maybe, I mean, I know it is, you know, more known now, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's all relative. But uh, what attracted you? I mean, you mentioned that you've done so much with the superhero mythology. Yeah. So what is it about this mythology that speaks to you as a storyteller? Well, it was always when I was a kid, I was into all this stuff, you know, and I started off reading the Greek and Roman myths and then graduated to Celtic mythology and, and the Vikings and all that <laughs> right. stuff. And, you know, so those those things are obviously a lot more familiar to American comics readers, thanks to Thor and Jack Kirby right, and that stuff. Right. But I, I just kind of jumped across the, the mythological bookshelf into mm. the Indian stuff, and it just seems so massive and rich and weird. And, and as I've always said, it's very science fiction because they're talking about four ages of the earth, mm-hmm. you know, the golden age, the silver age, and finally we live in the dark age kind of thing. So it kind of ties into the way we imagine the comics history as well. But for me, the notion that there was this technologically advanced society mm-hmm. before ours and we were kind of fallen reflection of something grander just seemed to tie into everything I was interested in. It was a way of taking what maybe had religious or cultural connotations and pulling it away from that and saying, no, it's actually got global connotation. This applies to everyone's uh-huh. lives. The stories in this, the, the the heroes can only win by breaking their own codes. The bad guys do good things. You know, the, the ultimate villain, Duryodhana, is eventually a sympathetic figure, even though he's quite a monstrous figure of greed and desire. Uh-huh. So what I loved about it was the the human nature of the myth, you know, it starts as the, the most highest ineffable ideas of Hindu thought, the Bhagavad Gita, which is all about non-dual mm-hmm. thinking and the enlightened mind, and it strains it down through this vast battle between two opposing forces, which is kind of like the Lord of the Rings stuff we're mm. familiar with, good right, versus evil, right. God and the devil, and then below that fractions into all these archetypes and gods, but each one of them represents human feelings, it's not just like uh, what we were saying earlier was, you know, Western myth, the big the big myth of the West is Prometheus stealing mm-hmm. fire from the gods, resisting the gods, fighting mortality, trying to find a way through mortality, and all that goes right back to things like Gilgamesh. In the East, it's not about fighting, it's about acceptance, it's about karma ah. and dharma, and how do my actions lead to consequences. Interesting. And it's a lot, it's different, the heroes are very different, they're not these defiant unique, you know, individual right. men who seize power. They're, all, they're part of a network and the <laughs> women are really powerful in the stories uh-huh. and the whole the whole Mahabharata happens, the, this epic war that ends the age happens because Draupadi, the, the main female, is humiliated by the, 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 the ostensible villains and she sheds a single tear and Krishna, who's the most powerful being on earth, has vowed not to use his power, sees this tear and says, no, I'm not having this. Mm-hmm. We're, going back, we're having a war. This is it. Mm-hmm. Ending all of this because you made her cry. Mm-hmm. And I really love the simplicity <laughs> yeah. of that single tear triggering an epic war that ends the world. Right, right. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but but you're kind of right. And it, it's it's interesting what you just said about you know how you went from Greek and Roman myths, and I mean I don't know. I don't know what the kids learn today in school, but uh, yeah. But you know, obviously, when when we were kids, 
Uh, that is that is mm-hmm. the path that you always got. First, you learn the Greek and Roman stuff because yeah. that was really the the baseline. And you're right, and that mm-hmm. stuff is great stories, but it's not so much you know you you can't really draw too much philosophical depth from them unless so you're right. It's about you know man versus the gods. Yeah, or, it's defying you know, nature. Yeah, you know, I think in yeah. the East it's all about embracing nature and fitting into the flow and fitting into how things work mm-hmm. and the pattern of things and accepting your role in the pattern of things, which is what. Arjuna, the hero of, of 18 days, has to do the, the archer. He has to fight. He didn't want to fight the war. He's fighting against his own family. It's breaking his heart. And then he's given this revelation. Well, this is your place in the cosmos. You must fight this battle or else future generations will be doomed. Uh-huh. And it's all about him saying, OK, I've got to accept this. Right. If that was a Greek myth, he'd be raging against that, you know, <laughs> trying to right. find some kind of special club of the gods. Right, to, to you're, sure, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly how it would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, were you, you I, as you said, your, your interest in, in uh, you know, Eastern mythology goes back quite a ways. And um, I mean, and uh, like Doom Patrol and the Invisibles, mm-hmm. I mean, there's quite a bit of, of the influence yeah, yeah, of that yeah. in there yeah. as well, too. So, and then, um, yeah, I, I mean, what was was this part of the theme also of the Invisibles, maybe, as part of the, the team and, you well, know, the network that, I mean, and the, all that? Yeah, or? and we had in the Invisibles, we even did the, the Mahabharat story, but it's told in Shadow Puppets, because I'd seen it performed in, in Indonesia with Shadow Puppets, and I was fascinated by the idea that here's, a, again, a gigantic war between mm-hmm. two absolute opposing forces, but behind that screen there's one man working them all. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. seemed right. great. That metaphor, so that became the kind of metaphor right. of the invisibles, that, hey, this looks like two opposing forces fighting each other, but it's actually two dynamic pushes and pulls that's making creativity, making right. things happen. Right. And it became, well, that's what, that's what the ideas of duality are about, you know, there's, there's a higher thing behind everything which is bigger than all of it, and mm-hmm. it descends into... Opposition, because through opposition you make things happen. Right. And it's like my other thing I've been saying to people, there's three things that can happen when two opposing concepts meet. They can fight, they can flee, or they can fuck. (laughs) And it's kind of, I think we should always choose the third option. Yeah, right, yeah. (laughs) Because then you generate new ideas in a much more benign kind of way. Yeah. Now, are are you, you you know, you're very passionate about, about this kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I would, you know, I don't think, uh, I think it's fair to say it's probably a lesser-known part of your oeuvre, yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, it is something that you've been, you know, pretty passionate about for, you know, the last last maybe ten Absolutely. years. Yeah. I've always tried to slide it under, you know, mm-hmm. even in Justice League stories and things. There's, there's hints of all this, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I've got, I've just got a certain way of looking at the world and superhero comics allow me to do that in a very concrete mm-hmm. symbolic way, you know, I can present these characters who stand for obvious things right. and set them to play which is why I think superheroes work best when they're, they're not trying to be realistic because mm-hmm. they become more ludicrous when they're realistic but if they <laughs> represent human feelings then they can actually do something useful mm-hmm. because all the battles play out in our heads all the time it goes on in there, you know, we are superheroes, we are mm-hmm. facing massive forces, you know, even if you're just falling out with your lover, it's like, it can be the epic war mm-hmm. to end all wars. So I get, I, I think superhero stories work better when they're symbolic and allegorical mm-hmm. and they have they have some use. The minute you try to say, why, why does Batman not have a run in these tights? You know, <laughs> how does he assemble his equipment? It's really dull, you know, because <laughs> it's never going to oh, happen. But, but, so, but, you know, I have to be honest, uh, uh, you know, we, we are here to talk mm-hmm. about Avatar X, but, yeah. you know, you did just have a pretty huge uh, hit with Multiverse, yeah, you know, sure. and, and now that was a project you worked on for mm-hmm. a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, that it just came out over the last mm-hmm. year, but you'd been working on that for how long? Since 2006. I mean. Oh, for yeah. almost 10 yeah. years. Yeah. So did you have time to go back and, like, really refine 
line in, or did it pretty much you knew what you were going to do for the I beginning? I did most of them in the first month of coming oh. up with it, but then I had ten years <laughs> to honestly just keep going in and tweaking right. and making things better and making sure I was following mm-hmm. along with the way DC was changing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but mo- most of it was done pretty early. Really? And then it just became tweaking. And also we had to wait for three years for Frank Quietly to finish his books. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, you know, we're not, worth it. we're not here to say that Frank Quietly is a painstaking artist. He's who's, a painstaking did, artist. Who's, uh, you know, great. But the book is, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, you know, that book, you and Frank back in, back in top form. Mm. I mean, it was really amazing, and the, the response to it was but, pretty but incredible. But even that, as I say, I mean, I, I still love that stuff because it allowed me to talk about real things, you know, and that book was about how the relationship between the creator and the audience has changed yeah. since the internet, and that now there's a real, there's a lot more back and forward flow between the creator and the audience, and there's a lot of things, you know, breaking down there, mm-hmm. breaking down the distinction between the, the hero who writes the books and the poor sap who merely consumes them. It's, right. it's very different now. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to use that book to talk about it, to have the voices of critics coming in and to have alternative right. sounds and to have things that acknowledge the reader. Right. Now, but you don't, you don't really use social media, do you? No. Now, how come? Are you afraid of it? Or? <laughs> no, I just, it would take up too much of my time. Mm. I used to write emails when I'm back in the day. Last email I wrote was 2005. <laughs> but I would do these things and I'd, I'd edit them and I'd be going right. through them all and right. treating it as if it was a, you know, my latest yeah. project. And I just couldn't You can do just do it, it the way I do it, Grant. I just, like, you know, autocorrect. Like, people just understand, you know, well, like, mistakes. They're like, oh, Heidi must be saying yeah, this. I just like, can't, I think couldn't. this is what I you had said. to be like, this, this was worth being published, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, because Kristen does all my business my Life. And she kind of she so she's got the phone. She's got the. Phone. I don't have a, a cell phone. I don't have a watch. I don't have internet connection. <laughs> right now, but what would happen if 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 Kristen wasn't there, Grant? I mean, I you'd be lost alone. Suppose somebody dropped mm-hmm. you in the middle of San Diego with no watch, no phone, nothing. How would you find your way? Smile, <laughs> the smile, the handshake, the weapons of peace. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, these old-fashioned survival <laughs> skills. Like, you're really, you know, like, like practically Davy Crockett here. Um, you know, what, what, so, so okay, so yeah. we're, we're doing the, it's, how many parts is the story that's coming out for Avatar X? On, it's, it's the first part's on Humble Bundle, right? Yeah, and then there's another part, correct? There'll be another part next week, I think, it's, it's coming out in, in mm-hmm. Right, in the second, the, the, yeah, the bundles so. run for, for two weeks, yeah. so, the, and then, I mean, what's the next, the next phase for it? Well, I'm so. just kind of doing it as, as, as issues, and then they've been broken mm-hmm. down, so I've, I've got a long-term plan right. for it, and I want to introduce a bunch of new characters and kind of create our own little world mm-hmm. here that we can use <clears> these new uh, superhero characters to talk, to talk to not only Indian culture, but to the world, because I think it's time for, you know, we all started dipping into each other's wells and exchanging right. the water. So it was really about that, it was to, to create this new universe that I could play in. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I said, I've said enough. So yeah, are you are you done? Are you Was Multiverse your last statement for well, a while? No, ultimately, I've got, got a couple more things that I'm doing at DC, but I'm, I'm kind of really interested in just this expansion and, and talking to different cultures. Because as I, I constantly say with this one, it's the... the the culture in America got so cynical in the last 15 years mm-hmm. and so obsessed with darkness and viral horror and, and mm-hmm. infection, you know, which I think is all to do with terrorism and the way it works. And so this horror of the virus and the zombie, and I, I, it's not where my head is, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd come from, when I was growing up, it was Star Trek and Flower Power, and I just cannot ultimately <laughs> surrender to this. 
darkness that culture's <laughs> yeah. going through. Yeah. So it's interesting to go to cultures like in India and China where there's a sense of progression and it's as if they're shaking off ancient shackles mm. and the sense that the future isn't something to be afraid of but something to embrace. Right, and to their future towards. lies ahead of them, yeah, for Whereas sure. for us, yeah. it's almost like, oh shit, is this the end of empire? Is right. this, you know, is, a, is yeah. it all falling apart? And whether it is or not, there's certainly that sense yeah. is pervading well, our the, culture. Look yeah. at the, you know, the Euro, we, we don't know, you know, Greece, Euro, mm-hmm. all yeah. that. Yeah, back, back in uh, Europe. Um, you, you know, actually, there there is, um, I follow the uh, Indian, like the convention culture mm-hmm. is really strong. So I, I imagine you, you know, you should be a guest. I, I bet they'd love to have you as a oh, guest yeah, there. Oh, sure. yeah, so, so if you're listening, uh, Indian <laughs> Comic Con uh, <laughs> organizers, uh, Grant Morrison's probably standing ready. And I, I think he'd go over pretty well, I think, <laughs> if he was a guest. So um, <laughs> they would probably like him a lot. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I sense that in the future. Um, what, uh, you know, you have some other other things going on. I mean, you, you, you know, you announced that you're doing something with heavy metal. And I mean, do you feel like, um, you know, I mean, the Humble Bundle is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a little curatorial kind of anthological. I mean, do you follow other comics as well? I mean, are you, do you have time to do that or? Not so much. I mean, honestly, I live in the country in Scotland mostly, so. I stay here in LA for like four months a year and that's the only time I get to a comic shop so all I ever see is the box that mm. DC sends me so I'm kind of oh. it's like kind of tunnel vision for me all I see is yeah. the DC books not, nothing wrong with the DC books but there's a lot of other stuff happening yeah there's a ton of other stuff so I'm just I'm not aware of that and the interesting thing about doing the heavy metal thing is mm. I'm getting submissions now I'm actually getting to see new work and new people and kind of being allowed to curate them right uh, so you're coming to it actually with a really fresh eye you're yeah, not really having much, you know, yeah who's good to do you have any any um any early observations about the stuff you're seeing or you know what kind of submissions you're getting no or? yeah i mean it's, this is basically just begun oh, okay even, so yeah seen anything. i've got people starting to call me obviously and say, yeah hey, i want to get involved in this you know, yeah so right. this, this <laughs> you had a lot of friends that you didn't yeah, know you yeah, had yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those friends that i did know i had i'm definitely sort of dragging in there but no it's, it's it, i'm just done this the start of this so it's all about I can't wait to see what I'm being sent and then I can really start shaping how it's going to look mm-hmm. yeah so what what's um, so so uh, what is the main thing that's going to take up you know your, your the time for your, your next uh, the next few months what's I don't know I'm, I'm doing a ton of things I'm, I'm, I'm doing the comic book stuff I'm, I'm doing some TV and film work and mm-hmm. you know, I've got this Santa Claus thing coming out as well so oh my god I forgot about yeah your, your, your dangerous sexy yes. Santa your you know, young sexy Santa which <laughs> we've was, all been waiting that him. was a real mind boggler too. I like where, where does he get his ideas? Um, but it's just after I stopped doing those monthly comics, once that pressure was off, I was just able to expand <laughs> in all directions. <laughs> well, there, uh, there you go. Um, let, uh, let me see. Oh dear, there was something else that I meant. Oh, uh, Grant, here's a question mm. I just started asking people. Yeah. So I hope you'll play along or at least be tolerant when I ask you. But what is it like to be a man in comics? <laughs> 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 well, I could talk a lot about this and get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you got very thoughtful here, people. I, I wish we had a visual on this. So. What's it like being a man in comics? It's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible. We've endured centuries of oppression and, and uh, finally getting a chance to talk. It feels really good. You know, just being able to, to get out there and express what it's like to be a middle-aged white man in a society that doesn't understand us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, for anyone who's going to quote that out of context, there was a big uh, satirical quotation around his head when he said that. So, uh, yeah, you because you, you're, yeah, you, you, you have had your voice heard, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I started asking these questions in, in interviews just to see what happened. And usually mm-hmm. it's like 
they're absolutely dumbfounded. So, <laughs> as good as this, that's a good question to ask. But yeah. No, I'm, I'm right at that point. But I've obviously I've got to keep working and doing my stuff because I enjoy writing mm. and enjoy getting out there. But mm-hmm. I, like I said at that panel, I think it's time for the girls to take over. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, seriously, and not just in for the obvious reason, but mythologically it's time for the girls mm. to take over, you know the patriarchy's yeah. had its 2,000 years to show what they can do and they've been kind of left a little exhausted by the end of it, still fighting each other so, and for me doing that Wonder Woman book was such a revelation you know, because oh, I, I yeah. threw out the, the whole, all the ideas of, uh, of boys' adventure okay. fiction and I just thought, let's actually tell the story of this female-driven society oh. that's been for 7,000 years and it's not because the thing I hate is all that warrior women bullshit yeah. I just thought, now they've had 7,000 years to develop their own technology, their own poetry, their own art, their own architecture, and this girl's an ambassador for this thing yeah. that we've barely ever seen. And there's no, there's no swords, there's no shields and bullshit. It's like, what? Yeah. What, what well, would a female be, pre- superhero be, be like? prepared. Oh, be you, prepared. You believe me, I'm well prepared. You don't even know what this book is like. I'm prepared for fire from everything. All right, last last question. This is my Heidi question. Uh, we three. Any yeah. chance of their movie moving forward? Or? Well, James Gunn's very interested, and in he's he's always wanted to direct. Right. And, and right now, James is obviously riding high with Guardians and stuff. So I, James is still. I met him at the weekend, and he was still. Like, I really want to do something with us. So yeah. one one of these days, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be dream casting, actually. He would be the absolute perfect person. Well, that's person. why Rocket and, and Guardians yeah. has got little ports and things, because yeah. James was just trying out yeah. how yeah. we might look. Uh, well, you know, we have the comic, one of my mm-hmm. absolute all-time favorite comics, uh, you and Frank, again, at a high level. But uh, anyway, Grant, thank you so much. You're Everyone welcome. go out to HumbleBundle.com, yeah, uh, buy this bundle. It's for a good cause. You get good comics. Um, yeah, and you uh, actually get to do superhero yeah. stuff, like help people. Yeah, <laughs> ex- exactly. You become a superhero. Yeah. So, uh, again, Grant, thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Thanks.